Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 327 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Tara Smith. Tara lives in Rockwell, Texas, where she is a realtor. Welcome, Tara. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Well, I love talking to each and every guest, and this is an episode with two Southern accents. So I feel like even though you're from Texas, I'm in South Carolina, we sound like, I sound like we're right at home together. So I'll, I like all the accents, though. So I, I love talking to everybody from all around the world and, and hearing how intermittent fasting fits in everywhere. So you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? 
you know, I was kind of at a point in my life where I wasn't sure if, well, actually I had decided that I was just going to weigh 184 pounds for, you know, maybe I couldn't get lower than that anymore. And how tall are you? I'm 5'9". So, you know, I didn't have a ton of weight to lose, but in my younger days, I usually stayed between like 140 and 150. And that 150 was always kind of my limit. But as I, you know, aged and gained weight, I just kept, you know, kind of bumping that up. So it kind of got to 160. And then I don't even know what happened. But then all of a sudden, I was 184. So I followed a someone on Instagram who had mentioned that she did intermittent fasting. She kind of didn't really tell much about it. And probably because I would assume she probably got a lot of backlash just because, you know, the internet can be mean. She just kind of, because a lot of people were asking her how she lost weight. And she just mentioned that she did intermittent fasting, but she said she did 16-8. And that's really all the information she gave on it. So I just decided I was going to try that. It's sad how much people get backlash Like, I think Gwyneth Paltrow just talked about doing intermittent fasting and people freaked out. Like she was telling everybody to have an eating disorder. And it just shows there's so much misunderstanding still. You know, I keep thinking that, you know, we were mainstream, intermittent fasting is out there. But then something like that happens with Gwyneth Paltrow talking about it and everybody, you know, really giving negative backlash. And I remember we still have a long way to go because we want people to understand Intermittent fasting is a healthy way to live. It's not an eating disorder. It's so not what people's minds first go to. So that's that's part of why I'm so excited to get the word out. So when you started, you started with 16-8 because that's really all she said, and you were not clean fasting. I was not clean fasting. So my window would open, and I was so hungry. I would eat so much food in that eight-hour window, and I was you know, after a couple of days of that, I was just like, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to gain weight. So I kind of, you know, I didn't do it any longer than maybe two or three days, honestly, because I was eating probably more food than I was eating before I started trying the 16-8. And so I just kind of gave that up. And over the next few months, I really feel like I was just kind of jumping from one thing to another, probably driving my friends crazy, Because, you know, everybody would always say, well, you don't have that much weight to lose or you don't even need to lose weight. But I knew that I, to me, I did. Well, I mean, you had 35 to 45 more pounds on your body than you felt good. You know, you felt good from 140 to 150 and 35 to 40 pounds is, or to 45, that's a substantial difference. Somebody wants to carry around 45 pounds of something all day long, like bags of something, you would feel it. I know. And I just, you know, I've always been really active. I played college basketball. I was a runner. I didn't really start running until I was about 30, but I did like several half marathons and I loved to run. And I got to the point where probably my my weight gain had a little to do with it, but I started having knee problems. And at that point, I was about 165. So I wasn't in the 180s yet, but I started having a lot of knee pain and then I had to have knee surgery. And my doctor pretty much told me if like, if you keep running, you're going to have to have knee replacement before you're 50. And that was in 2018. So I was 42 then I'm 47 now. That scared me, but it also made me really depressed because I love to run. So I just stopped doing any kind of physical exercise because if I couldn't run, then I didn't want to do anything. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I can imagine how it would feel to hear that, you know, at the age, what did you say? You were 42 when he said that? Because 42 is young. I didn't used to think so. All of everybody who's <laughs> in their 40s and 50s and beyond gets it. We used to think 42 was old. Now we know it is just the beginning. But so you said you were going from one thing to another during that period of time. What were some of the things that you were experimenting with? Well, you know, before this period of time, I had actually, I've done Whole30, and that was even in the last probably, you know, five or six years, I've done Whole30, which I really liked Whole30. And I know that that's an elimination protocol. And I did learn a lot about my body in Whole30, and I lost like 12 pounds. I mean, that's a lot in a month, but I, cause I only did it for the 30 days, but I did learn a lot about my body. But after that I did Optavia and I lost weight on Optavia, but it's so expensive. And I was just like, I can't just eat packaged food for the rest of my life. So that's one of the things about it. It is packaged food. It's basically, it's a low calorie diet with packaged food that you buy. And I know it's really popular right now, or I, I don't know if it's on, if it's still as popular as it was a a year or two ago. But, you know, I I have a friend who sells it, the friend that I I know from way back, and she's losing some weight on it. But it ends like every low calorie diet ends with packaged food. You cannot eat that forever. You just can't. And so, you know, I did, I lost about 25 pounds on it. You know, I felt a lot better, but I knew that I couldn't keep, you know, buying buying all that food. I mean, in the beginning, it sounds like it's not that expensive. And I mean, I guess it's not, but I still did have a family that I had to buy food for and cook for. So, you know, it's not like I was just feeding myself. And so I didn't have a grocery bill because I did, you know, we still had to buy groceries, but I've done all the things pretty much. I've never done Weight Watchers, but in the months leading up to finally starting intermittent fasting and I did Fentermine, I went to found a doctor, you know, i really had to find a doctor that I knew would prescribe it to me since I didn't have a ton of weight to lose. And I went to her, but it's not good for you. I've seen so many people recommend it. And there's a reason why you can like, I could only take it for three months out of the year. There's a reason for that. It's true. And there's so many clinics. I don't know if it's like that where you are, but, and I don't know if it's like that here where in the Myrtle Beach area, but in Augusta, there were so many little weight loss clinics you could go to. And their main business was giving you fentramine and also these some sort of lipotropic injection. I don't know what it was, but they gave you a shot that was supposed to burn fat and you would get your refill of your prescription when you would go in and you could get them no matter what. Like I could go in right now probably and get it at the weight I am because that's their business model is selling it. But it, it really, I think, messed up my metabolism. The first time I took it for three months, I lost some weight, but I felt awful. I had the worst headaches. I had a hard time sleeping and I do not have a hard time sleeping. I can sleep anytime. And I, like I said, I did lose maybe 15 pounds or so, but then it's like, you know, you only get to take it for three months. So then you got to wait till next year and hope you don't gain any of that weight back. And But you did every time, right? And whenever I went back that second time, you know, I had gained the weight back And, you know, my insurance wouldn't cover it. So it was just out of pocket. And I got the refill for, you know, that first month. And really, I think that was whenever I was just like, I can't keep doing this. It's too expensive. And then also, it's not good for me. I've, you know, I've got to find something else. I think then I ordered like 
some health guru on the internet that was pushing some pills, you know, that I'm sure were, you know, great for you too. But they didn't, I don't even know what they were. They didn't have ephedra in them. I'm not sure what they were, but I did order them. This was kind of about the time my friends were just like, oh my gosh, Tara, you're crazy. You're always taking all of these supplements. I started getting a little bit embarrassed. And then, you know, I did find you on the internet and I, you know, I ordered Delay Don't Deny and just kind of thumbed through that. But then I saw a lot of people and I heard you really, you know, say that Fast Feast Repeat was the one that you really recommended at this point, because I think it was just more thorough. So I downloaded that and listened to that on Audible. And then I started like on Monday. I love that. When was that? That was February 7th of 2022. All right. So I love that you found Delay Don't Deny and that led you to Fast Feast Repeat. And I wonder, how how did I come up on the internet? I always wonder how people find us. Just searching? You're just searching? Were you searching for intermittent fasting? Yes. I was searching intermittent fasting because, like I said, the influencer that I followed on Instagram, you know, she... I saw her lose, you know, quite a bit of weight. And so I just really wanted to find, I'm like, there has to be more to this, you know, and also probably, you know, how our phones always listen to us. Well, I always get like on Instagram, I would get just these ads for like, I think maybe the do fasting app or something like that, that would show all the bless their hearts. Yeah, (laughs) They've got the craziest ads. Yeah, they do. And, you know, I would see, though, on that ad that there were different protocols. So I was really just trying to find more information about that. But I found you, got your books. You know, for me, I'm a coffee person. Like, I have the shirts that say, coffee is my BFF and coffee addict and all those things. So I knew that coffee was going to be the hardest thing for me. But one of my best friends from high school, and there's a group of us that still stay in touch, and she's a mom of six, and she told me, I don't even know, we were at like a gathering one day, and she talked said that she drank black coffee. And so I just remember thinking, if Terry can drink black coffee, then I can drink black coffee. So I just, on February 7th, I started with the black coffee, and I did not like it at first, And I, but I put the salt in it, and it helped so much. So that's kind of how I got started. But I did start out with 18.6, and I still knew, like, Within probably a week or two, I was bumping that up to 19.5 because I still felt like six hours was too long for me. It's amazing the difference. Five to six doesn't sound like a big difference. and But it was for me. Five is just a better boundary for me. I can still have time. If, if I give myself six hours, I have time to like get hungry again and have something else, whatever. So. <laughs> having that five really helps. Yes, for sure. I mean, my sweet spot during the weight loss phase and even still was 19.5 to 24. And that's pretty much, you know, I as long as I stayed there, I was losing quickly. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Define what you mean by losing quickly. So I started February 7th and I was at 184. On March 7th, I was 174.3. Okay. Yep. That's pretty fast, especially for the first month because not everybody loses anything during that first month. Some people actually even gain weight as they're transitioning through the, through the adjustment period. But that is pretty quick. 10 pounds in that first month feels really good. I know it did. And I was just, you know, I was just kind of like, finally, you know, finally, this is working. But I was also I was still cautious. And at that point, I was still probably struggling. I mean, I think that probably the first month, you know, I see so many people. I'm on the Facebook page. I've joined your community a couple of times, but I'm not currently in it. But on the Facebook page, you know, I see people talk about how, you know, it shouldn't be hard. But it is it is hard in the beginning. It's okay to be hungry. And I've always felt like that. It's okay to be a little bit hungry. I always felt like that. And the first month, though, I would feel woozy some days. And I know now that it was because I was opening my window with the wrong foods. You know, I learned so much about my body in Whole30, but I have learned so much more about how foods affect me since doing inter- through the fasting. Yes. So were you feeling woozy during the fast or after you opened your window? After I opened my window. See, this is a very important distinction. I want people to hear this. I had a feeling that's what you meant, especially when you said it was how you were opening your window. You know, it is not normal for us to feel dizzy, woozy, lightheaded, all of that. And once we're fat adapted, we definitely shouldn't feel like that during the fast unless something's happening, you're accidentally breaking the fast, that, that can happen. But After you eat, if you experience feeling worse, like a crash or you're shaky or you're woozy or you're lightheaded, that's an indication that you are causing your blood sugar to crash. And it has to do with how quickly, you know, whatever you're you're opening with gets into your bloodstream. Like if I were to go out right now and drive to Starbucks and I'm in the fasted state and if I were to get a latte and start drinking it, I would have, because that goes straight into your bloodstream. 
the blood sugar goes up really high and then your body sends out a whole bunch of insulin and then it crashes it down. And I would feel so terrible within 30 minutes to an hour after having that. I would be starving. I would be shaky. So what were you opening with that was causing that you you found out was not working for you? I mean, it was usually carbs. It was usually some kind of processed carbs. Like, you know, I would be just so hungry and ready to open my window. So I would grab a cookie or I, I am a sweets person. So even though I usually didn't grab a cookie, sometimes I would, but even if it was like a piece of toast, bread was doing it to me too. I mean, bread has so much sugar in it. And so I really do think most of the time it was not a cookie and especially in the very beginning, but it was, it was maybe a piece of toast. You know, I was trying to do like avocado toast or maybe even toast with peanut butter. And that's really a whole lot of sugar. So I learned quickly that I needed to open my window with protein and I felt so much better. That's such an important point to make because you can figure out what works really well for you by experimenting. For me, I think I've talked about this before when I was wearing my NutriSense CGM, sourdough bread toast with avocado shot my blood sugar up. But Ezekiel bread toast with avocado, my blood sugar was steady as a rock. And so it's just a matter of how quickly that gets into your bloodstream, like you said, and protein can help slow it down. Yeah. So in the beginning, I, even though I was feeling woozy and stuff, I would post on the Facebook page and ask what people thought. And everybody would say, you're going, you know, you just started fasting. You shouldn't already be doing 19.5 or, but I just, I kept doing it. Now that's interesting. I'm not managing any Facebook groups, so I'm not sure. Do you know what Facebook group you were in? Cause it's not, I don't have any. Did you think you were in one of mine? No, I knew it wasn't, but it is a group that follows your rules. Because I would not give someone that advice. If someone is able to do 19.5, if you're able to fast for 19 and you're feeling bad after your window is open, the problem is not the 19. The problem is what you're opening with. So that is not the advice I would have given, which is why I wanted to make sure you knew that I was not. Sometimes people think that a Facebook group that has a name close to like one of my books or whatever that I'm in there and like it's my group and I am not affiliated with any of those groups anymore and um, in fact somebody had a problem in one of them and they got kicked out for something about tea I have no idea what it was because I'm not in that group but she emailed me and she was really mad and I'm like that is not my group I didn't do it you know so (laughs) everybody just wanted to make sure you know that But I know there's some great groups on Facebook, don't get me wrong, but I am not affiliated with them. Yes. And actually, the people who would tell me that, you know, I was trying to fast too long too soon were not the moderators. They were just other people in the group. You know, the moderators in this group are amazing and would always, you know, give great advice and everything. So I would say within the first definitely two weeks, I was doing 19.5 and 24 I was doing that and I was having success. So that's actually, you know, it was just kind of tweaking what I was opening my window with. But, you know, every day I was staying, like I've listened to all of your intermittent fasting stories and I've listened to several of them, you know, more than once, just because I, it was so important for me to stay like engrossed in the information and it just kept me going and kept me motivated and kept my mindset right. So I just, I kept doing it. And, you know, I was the first month I lost 10 pounds. The second month I lost 10 pounds. Whenever I started, 
my first goal weight I set was 160 because I just, I didn't want to be too ambitious. And I was, I just thought, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go for 160. And if I can get there, then, you know, I'll lower it. And so I hit 160 by April 25th. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I was so excited. I hit 160 by April 25th. And so I lowered it to 155 because I just still was didn't want to get too excited and just wanted to be realistic and didn't want to let myself down to, you know, and get frustrated. So I hit 155 on May 18th. So, you know, things slowed down a little bit from April to May, but still another five pound loss. That's still amazing because that is right at the pace of about a pound a week. So from April 25th to May 18th, it's actually, I think, a little ahead of a pound a week. So that I just wanted everybody to know if you're losing a pound a week, it is not slow. Sometimes people will call themselves a turtle. And they're losing a pound a week. I'm like, no, that's not turtle. That's normal. (laughs) Turtle, if you're losing half a pound a week, that would be more like turtle. I was very happy with how I was losing. And I think the first, you know, even though my close friends knew that I was doing this and everything, probably the first time someone really noticed. I mean, again, I'm 5'9". And whenever I do gain weight, it kind of spreads out evenly. I mean, I am... I do carry most of my weight like in my hips and my thighs, but also up top. I mean, I gain a lot of weight up top and it was in April whenever one of my friends noticed and said something to me and, you know, a friend that wasn't super close that, and that was the first time that someone said something to me. So whenever people start to notice it also, you know, it makes you feel good and that helped motivate me and keep me going too. You know that something's happening if other people can see it. Yeah. And I also think, you know, for me, as far as we talked before we started recording that I had to order more shirts whenever I started my weight loss, because one thing that I've talked about to other people too is, you know, I never bought bigger than a size 10 pants, but they were stretching to the max. I mean, they were probably, I probably needed a 12, maybe even a little bigger than that, but you know, so my pants and jeans were still fitting me even after losing 20 pounds. They were fitting me how they should have. But up top, I needed, my shirts were swallowing me. So that was like for me, whenever I can tell in a, you know, a shirt that I'm wearing that I've lost weight, it's always, you know, that always has made the most, you know, impact on me on the way that I feel. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really happening. My shirts are starting to swallow me. Yeah. That's when you know. I'm the same way. You know, I have a smaller frame up top, like narrow shoulders and, you know, slim arms and wrists. And when, once my collarbones start to pop out and my shoulders are, everything starts to hang off my shoulders. Is that what was happening for you? Yes. And so I'm kind of, you know, my collarbones too, like now for sure they show, but at 184, they did not show. And yes, whenever I started seeing those changes, that's whenever it was more real, you know, to me too. But I mean, you know, besides that, just like almost every day I would go to bed with a stomach ache, you know, my husband would always say, Oh, your stomach always hurts, you know? (laughs) So I was like, well, it really does. But it was because I was just, I mean, I have no doubt now that I drink black coffee, that it was the creamer and just 
all the food. I mean, my stomach feels so much better every day. I do not have a stomach ache anymore. That's amazing. I was hoping that you were talking about that stomach ache was before intermittent fasting. I thought that it was, but I'm glad that you clarified. So pre-intermittent fasting, you would go to bed with a stomach ache, but now you don't. Yes. Before intermittent fasting, my stomach hurt me every day. And I really do. I really do think it was the creamer because I love my coffee and I don't just drink, you know, one or two cups of coffee. I drink like a pot of coffee. And Me so, too. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes more. And, you know, coffee with that creamer all morning, it was just, I'd, now I know what I was doing to myself. And when you say creamer, you were like talking about where it was like the liquid kind of creamer that you get in the refrigerated section. Is that what you were using? Yes. Yeah. And people in other countries don't really know what we're talking about when we say creamer because other countries don't have it. So if you're like in England or Australia, or you may be like, what in the world even is that? We have an entire section in our giant, huge grocery stores now that is like all creamers. And it's like floor to ceiling refrigerated section with every flavor you could think of, like Girl Scout cookie or whatever, cinnamon roll. And it's really just, some of it doesn't, even have much dairy in it. It's mostly like oils and chemicals and sugary sweets. Yes, it is Franken food, but it is so addictive. So, and you just crave it because it, it gives you that hit and it hits your brain and you want more. It is like engineered to be super duper addictive. And so people are addicted to creamer and I get it. I mean, sometimes I would try to go to like oat milk creamer or almond milk creamer. And honestly, I didn't feel like it made a difference in the way that I felt or anything. And it's a lot more expensive. So I would just go back to other creamer. But I'm sure it's still the same sugar. I mean, obviously the non-dairy aspect might be a little bit better for my tummy, but that all that sugar, it's in the oat milk and the almond milk creamers too. Yeah, it's setting you up for that blood sugar roller coaster, the same exact thing, because it goes straight into your bloodstream. And that that's why you know people are so hungry all after you're drinking those because your blood sugar crashes, then you need a snack or just another cup of it, another cup of coffee with creamer. It's so you never win. You just keep going up and down, up and down. And that's where you get hangry. And you know, before intermittent fasting, I usually didn't eat breakfast. I just filled up on the coffee and the creamer. You know, whenever I tell friends now about intermittent fasting, most of them will say, well, I don't eat breakfast. I usually don't start eating till lunch. And I'm always like, but what are you drinking in the morning? So I know that my, a lot of my friends think that I'm crazy because I do not hesitate to tell them about intermittent. I love it. (laughs) You made such a good point a second ago. So many people do say, well, I already do that. I don't need anything until two o'clock. They might say, I don't need a meal. I don't need anything till two. Why have I not lost weight? I'm like, okay, what are you drinking? And it's always, they're drinking things like coffee with creamer or monster energy drinks or something. So they're not really fasting. This is why we have to be so skeptical of things that come along that are, you know, report, you know, quote, studies about fasting, where it's like people self-reported their eating patterns, because you would have self-reported that you didn't eat breakfast, that you skipped breakfast, right? Right. But were you fasting? Not even close. So in a, quote, study about meal patterns, you would have been counted as someone who skipped breakfast, but you were not fasting. So anybody who's listening, no, everybody who's listening, all of you that are listening, when you see studies being reported in the news that say things like skipping breakfast leads to poor health outcomes, were those people really fasting? 
dig in, go to the study, read what they did. And if it just said people reporting that they were skipping meals, that does not mean they were fasting. So there's my little research tip of the day for everybody. It's frustrating because the news likes to spin it because intermittent fasting is so popular and they know people will click on articles that say intermittent fasting is bad. They know people will send it to their friends. That's what they're looking for. They're looking to get your attention with their headline. It doesn't have to really tell the true story. I definitely make sure that I tell people, whenever I tell them about intermittent fasting, then I make sure that I stress the, the clean fast. And I do give them the example whenever I tried to do 16-8 in the beginning and I just wanted to eat everything in my house. So I do think that is the most important part of intermittent fasting is making the clean fast. Yesterday, I was talking to someone from the cable company, my internet. Somebody accidentally canceled the wrong internet. I, we're changing plans to a different place. And anyway, they canceled the wrong one. So I was on the phone with someone and I'm like, I got to record a podcast in one hour. She's like, oh, what's your podcast? And I told her about intermittent fasting. She's like, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. I'm like, what were you drinking? <laughs> And she was not fasting clean. So she was excited to hear because she's talked about how she was so hungry all the time. And and so she's like, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to try it. So that is, yeah, that's funny. I don't think people realize how much, I mean, I didn't either. I didn't realize it before either. What you're drinking makes such a difference. You know, whenever I tell people you can't have lemon or lime in your water either and no gum, sometimes they're like, okay, now that's a little crazy. But I'm like, well, if you, <laughs> you want to do it and it works, like I'm pleased that it does work. So they, you know, I also make sure that I do really stress just how much better I feel and the energy and the mental clarity and all of that stuff, because I know that people do lose at you know, different rates. Some people, you know, don't lose for a while. And I just really feel like my body loved it so much. It worked for me, you know, the weight, I know it was working for me all along. And if I, even if I wouldn't have been losing 10 pounds a month in the beginning, it was still working for me, but my body loved it. And I just felt so much better. So even through the woozy feelings and stuff, I was just determined to keep researching and figure it out, figure out how, what I needed to do to feel my best and keep going. I love that. So you hit 155 on May 18th, which was exactly one year ago today, because we were recording this on May 18th. I noticed that when you said it. In the year since then, what has your weight done? So I got to 155 and I never moved my goal lower, but my lowest weight last summer, I was 147. For a while there, pretty much most of last summer, I was ranging. So I have down here that on June 19th, I hit 152. June 30th, I was 148. I remember 147 because I took a picture of it. So I know that we should not focus on the scale. And now the weight does not mean, I mean, that scale weight, I know it's just a unit of measure. I know it's just a, just another tool because I don't focus on it as much because I've seen even at 147, 148 last summer, whenever I was in that range, I'm about 153 right now and I'm still the same size. So for me, I feel like my body lost a lot of weight, you know, and got down to 147, 148 and I ranged between 148 to 152 is pretty much my range. And 
But even after I got down to that weight, I still lost as far as my size goes. So the body recomposition was so real to me. Like I have pictures that I took in my bikini last July, whenever we went on vacation and I was small then, but I like, I lost the weight and then my body like kind of toned up in the months following. So that's really important to hear. So you actually could tell that you were building muscle and the scale went up, but your body built muscle. And so that is why it is so important not to focus on what that number says. And I'm glad that you said that because at 153, you can be smaller in size than you were at, you know, 148. We see that with body recomposition. And so if you only look at the scale, you can start to get frustrated. You can say, why isn't intermittent fasting, quote, working for me anymore? I had gotten down to 147. Now I'm at 153. But it's really important to know, well, how has your body changed? Is your body smaller? Is it bigger? You know, I always know when I'm putting on a little fluff because I feel it. It feels like fluff, like it feels flabbier, right? <laughs> we know. But if you're if you're heavier, but you're not fluffier, that is muscle. And, you know, for me, you know, I'm about a size six now. And, you know, I'd said I was wearing like my 10 jeans that were stretched to the max or whatever, but I'm a six now and I'm, there's even a little bit of room. And I did put on, so, I mean, one of the reasons why I really try not to focus on my weight too much too, is because 10 years ago, we went to my husband's 20th year class reunion and I wore a dress and I still have that dress in my closet. Well, I know I weighed 142 then I just remember. And that dress fits me now and I'm 153 in the 153 range. So it's so weird to me just to think like I was 10 pounds lighter and I mean, I was running a lot but I, I did not have that much muscle. And so that is the difference to me. And at this point in my life, I am really, I'm trying to build muscle. I do weight train, but I do it at home. I have a Peloton. And so I just follow the Peloton like classes. So pretty much all the weight training I do are with, you know, dumbbells and their 20 minute classes. And, but I, I am trying to build muscle at this point in my life, just because I know it's good for our body. It's good for us. Yeah. As we age, the more muscle we have, the, the healthier we'll be growing up. I mean, gr- not growing up, but you know what I mean? Growing old. <laughs> yes. And I never, you know, as active and as athletic as I've always been, I never knew, you know, until I was reading about weight training as women, especially as we get older. And I never really knew why that made, why it was so important, but it makes so much sense. Like your tendons and your ligaments are like pulling, you know, putting stress on your bones. So it makes them stronger. And I have a mom that is like withering away. She's 68, but I mean, you would think she's much older. She's on oxygen. She's been a lifetime smoker, doesn't smoke anymore, but on oxygen, the frailest little thing. And I mean, she used to be a big woman. And so just to see her, you know, I know smoking and stuff like that wasn't a good, you know, that also our, you know, her her health now is an effect, a result from smoking, but also just to see her little bones, she's so brittle. And so I want to be really conscientious of that too. That's important. I really want to hit on, I want to go back to this for a second, 
that dress that you wore 10 years ago when you know you weighed 142 pounds and it fits you now at 152, that is so important because I just see people in the community every day who are so caught up in scale numbers and how quickly the scale is doing what it's doing, whether it's going down or it's going up and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm regaining. But it doesn't matter what the scale says if you're fitting in a dress that you wore at 142 pounds and it's fitting you now. It doesn't then it doesn't matter that the scale says 152. Your body is leaner. Right. And it really, you know, honestly, I'm not gonna say I've never been tied up in the scale number because I have been, and I probably still was last summer whenever I saw the scale get to 147, because that's why I took a picture. But it also, that putting that dress on, the dress, it's not stretchy. It's like a BCBG, you know, kind of like a semi-formal, and it's not tied on me. It's not like I can fit into it, but it looks awful. No, it fits me like it did at 140. At 142, yeah. That is just such an important lesson that I hope everyone hears, because of course we know the scale number makes a difference, right? I mean, we care about the number just because we've been trained to be like that. But if your body is smaller, then the scale number is not so relevant. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that has helped me kind of disconnect from that number. Also, I mean, I'm going to be the first to admit, I made a joke with my friends the other day that, you know, I have another friend who's lost almost 100 pounds. She's is intermittent fasting some, but that's not, she's been working out with a trainer for over a year. Whenever all of the diets and calorie counting they were putting her on wasn't working, she started intermittent fasting. And I think she's lost probably her last 20 or so with intermittent fasting. But we were talking, and she was saying that she was frustrated because she was up a couple of pounds. And I just told her, well, whenever I get on my scale and it's not going to show me the number I want to see, I just get off of it. So it doesn't record the number in my app. (laughs) We just laughed so hard about that. But I mean, also, you know, I just tried to remind my friends too, that it really does matter if you ate something that was really salty a few days ago, or if you splurged a little bit, or for me, like I used to be a beer person and I cannot, if I drink beer now, I am going to be up three or four or five pounds, but also my body doesn't like beer anymore since I've been intermittent fasting. It's, it does not like beer. And it let you know, how does it let you know to admit just the puffiness and the way that you feel? Yeah. And also I wake up with a headache the next day, even if I only have one or two, it's so weird. I don't feel good. And I do like wine. I like champagne, but yeah, quality makes a difference, doesn't it? Yes, I have to buy, I have to really stick with the clean wines and stuff these days too. Like I said, intermittent fasting has taught me so much about the way things affect me. And all of those years, whenever I didn't realize, you know, why I didn't feel great. And that's why. So. Yeah, we don't realize how bad we felt until we start to feel better. And then we notice it when the bad feeling comes back. We're like, oh, I no longer feel like that. Hmm, but so I'm feeling it now. What could it have been? And it's usually you can link it back to something you ate or drank. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. And I mean, one thing we haven't really talked about, you know, I'm a very healthy person in general. I do have nodules on my thyroid. And so I have to go every six months and get those monitored or, you know, I started fasting, intermittent fasting in February 7th of 2022. And in April, I did have to have one of them biopsied um, because it had gotten, you know, it had grown and everything was fine. But I you know, went back in the last November. And then I just went back again, a week or so ago, and they haven't grown anymore. Technically, I do have Hashimoto's, but I don't have to take medication or anything. And I really just have to go every six months. But I do actually I can feel my thyroid. Like, it's pretty large because I have a bunch of nodules, I could get it removed if I wanted to, but I don't really want to go down that road right now. And I can tell like whenever I eat potatoes, like, you know, there's a diet that you should follow if you're on Hashimoto's, but I've never really, I mean, it's just, I don't really follow a diet, but I do, I can tell a difference if I eat like a lot of potatoes or the nightshades or one of the things. That okay. So they, they bother you. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, I don't think that that has anything to do. My numbers are still normal and everything. I don't think that that has anything to do with why I gained weight. I just think I was just not eating healthy and it was just kind of spiraling out of control. I swear if the whole creamer industry just poof disappeared and Starbucks went away, I think people would lose a lot of weight really fast. If the only way to drink coffee was black for everybody, we would see a big change in the population right away. I think so too. I really do think the biggest difference is for me because I pretty much, you know, I did try to not eat flour tortillas. I mean, you know, we're in Texas, Mexican food's a big thing around here. And I would try to, you know, opt for corn tortillas over flour tortillas. And I would try to make little small changes like that. But I do think the biggest difference for me is the no cream in my coffee. And then, you know, I started drinking way less alcohol because, you know, my window would close and I was done. So I wasn't like watching TV late at night and going to have a beer or something like that. So I do still drink alcohol, but I drink a lot less than I did before I started intermittent fasting. So I do think those two things made a big difference for me. Yeah. Thinking back, I used to buy box wine, like literally box of wine. And I would have like a box of wine in the fridge and in the pantry if it was red or white. And those are just so dangerous. You don't know how much you're drinking, right? Because you're like just filling it out of the nozzle and you don't know. But yeah, I would never even dream of having like a box of wine sitting around anymore. Just like, I think I really drank a lot back before intermittent fasting and I don't anymore. Yeah, I think that, you know, we have always heard, you know, don't drink all of those empty calories. And I mean, it 
does have some truth to it. So all of those, I can't even imagine how many calories was, and I know we don't count calories, but just all of that coffee and creamer and then the alcohol at night or whatever, you just don't even think about how that's affecting you. But also, you know, now whenever I do drink alcohol too, I I say I'm a great sleeper all the time. My husband gets so annoyed at me because I can just lay down and go to sleep and he struggles. But whenever I do drink alcohol now, I have like night sweats. It's so weird. Our bodies have to process the alcohol first. I bet it's your body processing that alcohol because our bodies, when we're selecting fuel sources in our bodies, the first thing your body is going to work on is any alcohol in your system it, it before it can burn anything else. It's going to burn that alcohol. And, you know, imagine like, you know, gasoline, poof, you know, burning up. That's what alcohol is like burning in your body. So I could see how that would make you hot. It does that for me as well. I mean, intermittent fasting has just, you know, it has helped me eliminate things that I didn't even realize were causing issues. And I feel so much better. So it is whenever people, you know, I had a friend at the office the other day, you know, some my coworkers, whenever I am at the office, you know, they're always like, are you eating today? And, you know, I do have lunch more often these days, because typically my window was like, you know, three or four in the afternoon to seven or eight. But that way I could eat dinner with my family. But some days, you know, now I will eat at the office. I'll go to lunch with everybody and they get so excited that I'm going to eat lunch. But (laughs) one of my coworkers that isn't, one of the agents that isn't in the office all the time the other day was like, oh, why wouldn't you eat? And I said, well, I still do, you know, intermittent fast. And she goes, oh, you're still doing that? And I said, I will always do this. I feel so amazing whenever I do this. So when, you know, whenever we do have an event or a family event or something that keeps my window open longer, I feel so awful. And I know that I could just say, no, I'm done. But you know, sometimes, sometimes we say yes and feel bad. And when I say feel bad, I mean, physically, because I never have any guilt anymore. But the bad physical feeling, you're like, okay, I probably shouldn't have had that, but it was worth it. So (laughs) I mean, now is just a reminder of uh, this is how I feel whenever I either, you know, eat too long or or too much or whatever. But yes, I will always intermittent fast. There's no doubt in my mind. You know, I've heard you talk about it too, but last vacation was last July. I mean, every summer we either go to like Destin or we go to Gulf Shores and we're beach people. So that's always our summer vacation. And I've said it before, you know, it's like you go on vacation and everything is about what are we going to eat for breakfast? The when's lunch and when's dinner. It's just like nonstop. You know, that's all you can do. It's like, I want to go to the beach and just be on the beach. I don't want to worry about eating. And so last summer was the first time that's the first vacation I've been on you know, since intermittent fasting. And it was so nice. I mean, I would go to the beach in the morning and we are like the people that stay at the beach all day long. Um, And my husband would go up and eat lunch, but, and then he would usually bring me down like some lunch meat and a baggie or something I would put in the cooler. And then I would just open my window, you know, with some lunch meat or whatever. But it was so nice to not be focused on food the whole time and get to enjoy the beach all day long. And you don't feel so bad and draggy like you do on a vacation when you've had way too much to eat. 
Yes, it was so much nicer. It was wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. You know, Christmas, the holidays, I I kind of worried a little bit about my first holiday, you know, intermittent fasting. And I don't really know that I worried about it, but I felt just, I don't know, the pressure of eating all that food. I was kind of dreading it, but I made it through the holidays and I did not gain any weight. I weighed after like on January 1st, I weighed and I weighed 150.6. You know, I was like, I felt like that was a win. I was, I know I shouldn't, again, shouldn't be focused. No, but it's okay. We, the scale is good feedback. It's just a matter of understanding it. Sometimes the feedback isn't telling us the truth. Like, if you can wear the dress that you wore at 142, then your body is not, you know, that's an important thing. The, the 152 is not as meaningful. But if you suddenly started to notice the dress wasn't fitting and you got on the scale and it said 160, I mean, the scale can give us very meaningful feedback. I'm not anti-scale. I just don't want people to freak out about the scale number when there are other, you got to look at all the evidence, I guess is what I'm saying. The scale is one piece of the evidence, but if your clothes fit great, that's a more important piece of evidence to me. And I know that was a tool for me to see that I didn't overdo it and that it was going to be okay. You know, I mean, cause at that point I was only, I mean, 10 months into fasting and, but it was, it was a big, you know, step to make it through. I think that first big holiday for me, it was kind of, you know, cause for the last several years, whenever I was gaining weight, it was always like seven or eight pounds at, you know, I'm a sweets person. I do love candy too. So it was like seven or eight pounds sometimes at Halloween, whenever my, especially when my kids were a little bit younger, my youngest now is 17 years old. So, but seven or eight pounds at Halloween or seven or eight pounds after Christmas and Thanksgiving. And so it was just kind of that creep, you know? And so it was, it helped my confidence in intermittent fasting too, just to weigh after the holidays and see that okay, this is going to be, it's going to be okay. Yep. If you can make it through Christmas and the holidays, and if you can make it through vacation, it, then you know you can do it. That, that is a good confidence booster. You're exactly right. Well, we are, believe it or not, almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would tell people just to start and kind of figure it out as you go. I don't think that you're ever going to have all the information before you can, I mean, you could have all of it before you get started, but also it's just going to keep delaying it. So just start. And, you know, I did start on a Monday, but if you find it and you're ready to start on a Wednesday or a Saturday or whenever, just start and then just keep you know, like you say, tweaking it till it works for you, because I know everybody is different as far as what foods work for them and everything. But I would just say start, don't stop. I think a lot of people want to, you know, fast five days a week and then not fast on the weekends. And I think that that's whenever a lot of people can see that it's not working for them because you can out eat your week of fasting on the weekend and just stay like, I do really think that it helped me so much to stay in the information, to listen to the podcasts every day. I would listen to them whenever I'm driving to work, you know, whenever I could. I mean, my drive to work is only 20 minutes, so I would listen to at least part of it and then maybe listen to, you know, the rest of it on lunch. You know, also have supportive friends. If you don't have supportive friends, then, you know, try not to talk to those people about it because that may discourage you, but really just staying positive about it. And 
know also that it's okay to be hungry sometimes. Yeah, that's very, very true. And that every moment is not going to be easy, right? I mean, there, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be struggles. You're going to have a wave of hunger. And, you know, sometimes people will say, everyone on the podcast says they're not hungry anymore. I'm like, no, that's not true. We, we do have waves of hunger every day, but it's not an emergency. And we learn to not, that you don't have to feed every wave of hunger, because if you do, another one will come along, even though you just ate, and then you'll be feeding that one. So <laughs> it's definitely something that's doable and, and the hunger doesn't build and build. Well, Tara, thank you so very much for being here and sharing your story today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.